everyone. Welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evangelina, or Evan, great admirer of Yona, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Alex, who has no good introduction for herself, but hello. I feel like that in itself is a good introduction. I was like, damn, I should have done that. So kudos, <laughs> kudos on a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. How's your week been? It's been good. I mean, have you watched it's... anything good? <laughs> we just talked uh... for an hour before we started this podcast talking about our our, our week. Uh, but usually we we save like, I don't know, series for the podcast. Media we've That's been consuming. Asking. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know that I've watched anything really this week. I started... I randomly got a hankering for going into the Witcher fan fiction bit, which I did mm. very briefly after the last season wrapped up. And I was like, I guess I wanted to give it time for like people to start writing stuff after the season. So I did start kind of combing through that again um, because people have really mm. taken Yaskir and Yennefer's new dynamic and like run with it, which I really appreciate. I love... I love people who hate each other, like, just being like, okay, I guess I'll save you, and becoming reluctant, and then, like, staunch, like, allies of each other, uh, which is great. <laughs> so I really like um, how a lot of people have taken that fan fiction wise where they continue to be kind of close and um, kind of snarkily fond of each other as Geralt just stands there like what the fuck how did this happen (laughs) (laughs) um I did really yeah I did like this one um which I haven't finished reading because it's kind of long but I love the premise of it uh which is that uh in in canon in one of the times that they're saving one another, when Yen saves Yaskir from being tortured, uh, she like stumbles in and pretends to be drunk and that she's, you know, just found her um, wandering husband or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fake married for two seconds. Uh, so somebody's premise is basically that Yaskir and Yennefer have made it an inside joke now that they're you know they'll still refer to each other as husband and wife but the thing is as they're in the place where all the witchers gather nobody else realizes that they aren't actually married (laughs) because they just keep doing it so girls kind of when did they get married and i think it's ultimately (laughs) going to be ot3 uh which is fun um so yeah, I've been. I guess that's what I've been doing and catching up on Under the Oak Tree, the um, the book, not the uh, web novel. Although I pick at the web novel as it updates as well. It's just the story's so much further ahead. So yeah, picked that up as you know from the fact that I was texting you about it. I was thinking as I was texting, I was like, I haven't said anything about this as of late, but that's because it's just been like general actiony stuff as of late. Yeah. Like I did wonder about it. I wondered if you were still keeping up or if you were like letting it accumulate and then you were going to binge it. 
Yeah, I did let it accumulate a little bit. Like, I think there were a solid, I think, maybe five, which is the most I've let it accumulate. Um, mm. But yeah, there wasn't just much to report because it was really just like straight plot and not even like fun plot. It was just like, we're in a war. These undead things keep coming. How do we stop these undead things from coming? <laughs> As Riften is elsewhere. Necessary plot, but not necessarily stuff you can text me about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like enough. I like the character stuff, the character interactions <laughs> and whatnot. And there was not really a lot of that going on. But we're back. Uh, they've <laughs> finally won. Uh, it, it, it's close to ending. Like we're we're definitely in the downward spiral now. So well, that's good. It's been going yeah. on for a while. So. <laughs> Yes, it'll be nice to finally like close the chapter on because it's like I feel shackled to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what about you? Have you watched? Well, I know you've been doing. Uh, you're catching up on Chihaya for Furu. I can't. I can never say that title. Wow. <laughs> uh, that was such a valiant effort, though. <laughs> yeah, Chihaya. Furu. Furu. Yeah. Um, that's fair because you actually haven't seen the anime, so you haven't heard it a billion times. Um Yes, I asked her about this because I do want to talk about Chihaya Furu. So I have been binging it and I'm on volume like 16 at this point. They're mostly available at my library, which is really nice. So I'll just pick up whatever oh, okay. hasn't been officially released, like in scanlations. Uh, so shout out to libraries. I love them. But man, it's good. I gotta say, the anime is better, though. So I'm really sad that the anime is not complete yet. Because the issue with reading about action, which you have also brought up before with the action in Yona, is that you just sort of like gloss over it. Because it's like, okay. It's a lot more dynamic yeah. when you can actually see everything moving. And with something like a card game in Japanese that we don't have anything even close to in English, um, everything that is made to build stakes to be like, oh, I have to get this next card and I have to move faster than this girl. And I'm just like, I'm reading at my own pace. <laughs> how fast or slow you move depends on how fast my eyes go over the page. Like, I don't oh, know. It's yeah. just, it's so much better in the anime. Um, but there's still only three seasons and right now I think I'm still in what they've covered in season two so I already know everything that's been happening but I decided to read from the beginning because it's been like I don't know a year or two since I've read the I've seen the anime so I just wanted to like get it all from the beginning and they're in a big tournament right now and my eyes are kind of glazing over and I'm like no you gotta keep with it this time because <laughs> I mean it again as you said for the the character dynamics which are fun but kind of secondary to the big matches that they're in so uh. you know oh but we haven't gotten to my favorite side character who is uh someone that she goes up against in like a singular match and she is a mom and she is the cutest thing oh i just i love her so much so i'm really excited to get to her <sighs> yeah so, Chihayafuru, still good. And I can read it happily knowing that things work out 
mostly the way that they want them to, but I don't know anything else other than like the end game couple. So it's kind of cool in that respect because like I get to go in blind ish. Yeah, but still no, not have doing to like. Fun. Yeah, and it is nice to have a vague enough sense of the end game to be like, okay, I'm not going to be disappointed. Which is one yeah. thing uh, that I do have with um, Under the Oak Tree is uh, at the end of the first season of the web comic, they had an interview with the writer of the book, uh, mm-hmm. and one of the things she did say was she promised they were going to get a happy ending. So I was like, okay, I don't need to worry that I'm going to consume 400 chapters and find out that they both die in like a horrific battle. <laughs> it's tragic or anything like that. She was like, no, 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 no. They're going to end up happy. It's like, okay. I can deal with the rest. I love that that was your fear. Yeah, because sometimes it's just... Oh, I did think of something else. I read Bones and All, which is the the excerpt that I sent you uh, of the... where she's having a dream that her mom's there in the room and then she wakes up and it's like, it's not my mom in the room. Yeah, so I read it because I'm trash and I love Timothy Chalamet and I will be watching the movie uh, when it comes out, which I did find a, a... um, a good review that was basically my exact stance on it and she started with yes I did read this because it's going to be a movie with Timothy Chalamet uh, but it was pretty good uh, kind of basic as far as like writing um, style uh, mm-hmm. but it was a really interesting story and the ending was kind of, well my one issue with it was kind of like I don't know that I bought the ending for the care the main character um what becomes of the romance made sense but what becomes of the main character herself uh specifically the path she's taking at the end i don't know that i buy uh but i will say it was really good with a few like gut punch scenes or lines creepy moments yeah yeah creepy moments are just like a moment where I was just like oh fuck that is sad <laughs> like oh uh, I, okay I didn't know it's gonna be sad interesting no but creepy moments too uh for sure um which uh I guess it is and that's what they've been stressing with the movie is that it is ultimately a story of people trying to find acceptance and trying to find somebody that accepts you or loves you as you are but also I did find it funny which I didn't realize this until I I guess I read the author bio uh, which I had but I guess I'd kind of glazed over it but then I saw complaints in the reviews on Goodreads was that the author is vegan so people were like this is just vegan propaganda (laughs) (laughs) it's the troll too of the book world yeah apparently (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah yeah so i did read that so you read actual things that's good not to say the manga is not actual but it's a different kind of format yeah, same with fan fiction, which I think I why I'm comfortable getting back into fan fiction because I was like last year I read 
like a sad amount of books for me. <laughs> and I was like, well, I did read a fuck ton of fan fiction. But <laughs> but I was still just like, I just need, I guess, KPIs. I guess you could say measurable. God, I've got KPIs <laughs> on the brain because the the my boss's boss is obsessed with them. It was so funny because... Um, I was on this PR call and she was telling our PR person that uh, her boss has been obsessed lately about KPIs. And then we got in our team call and he immediately started in on it. And then I IM'd her. I was like, oh, I flashed back to that call today. She was like, yeah, he must have read a book about them because he's obsessed with them. Like he won't shut up about them. And they came up again in our team meeting. <sighs> Uh, yeah, KPIs for the uninitiated, key performance indicators. They're just like, I don't know, finding measurable ways to like determine what you've done and like your success and shit. It's it's straight corporate jargon. But I guess I was weirdly trying to go for that as far as things that I've read. It's like I can measurably say I read 16 books this year. <laughs> I couldn't do that necessarily with fan fiction because I'm trash at keeping track of them. And also, how am I going to admit yeah. to the outside world that I read like 100 fanfics? That uh, is such a weird thing where people will put fan fiction on Goodreads. And I know this because quite a few like steric authors will author. be like, don't put my shit on Goodreads. Don't put it. Yeah, what is your I've seen that in the author's notes. Like, don't, yeah. Why would you do that in the first place? I mean, like, you do you, whatever. But also, I mean, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know? I just think that's such a weird thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do. technically, maybe <laughs> you could, but everyone's <laughs> going to hate you for it. <laughs> I remember uh, yeah. there being this scare on Tumblr where it came out that basically there was going to be a course, I think taught by grad students. It was like a college course and it was going to be about fan fiction and it was going to have specific fanfics on its list. And like part of the, part of the curriculum was, I think you had to like review them as well, like on AO3 and such. And so there were authors that were like, holy fuck, I do not want this. I didn't hear they anything like, about this. I remember I it only it was because real. they were... I don't know if it was actually real or not, but I know, okay. I do remember one of the, like, big-name Marvel uh, fanfic authors that I would read and follow, uh, basically, I made a post about it and was just like, I checked. Thankfully, my name wasn't on the list of, like, authors that are going to be on this course, oh, but, like, wild. holy shit. Why would you do was this? Was it the, um, the Toasterverse person? It was either the Toasterverse person, which is Sci-Fi Girl 70? Sci-Fi Girl something number. I it remember it 87 for some reason. So it's one of those two. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it's one of those two. Uh, it was either her or probably Copper Badge. Hmm. 47. I don't know what I said, but it is Sci-Fi Girl 47. Yeah, it was either yeah, her or Copper Badge. 47? So we were both wrong. Where did we get eight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of the time in college where I had a roommate and we were talking about the Jonas Brothers and we <laughs> could remember Joe and Nick 
and we were like, what is the name of the third brother? And I was like, I think it starts with an F. And she goes, I think it starts with an S. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) So close. Yeah. To be fair, though, there is a fourth Jonas brother that doesn't sing whose name is Frankie. So I was kind of valid with F. Sure, but were you thinking of the fourth Jonas brother? No, I was not. We were trying to think of Kevin. No, but I was no point cool. <laughs> yeah, which is wild to think about because Kevin's my favorite now. I think it's like a Ringo thing now where it's just like, no, but he's nobody's favorite. That's why I love him. Uh, yeah. I still don't care about any of them, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, I was just slightly too old to care about them. I mean, I know that you and I are the same age, but I still like. Yeah, no, I was for some reason because well, you... it's weird that you have a favorite and I don't because I definitely watched their show on. You watched the show the which I didn't do, and I didn't watch Camp Rock when it came out either. Uh, yeah, and I definitely did because I am an insane person and I still read young adult novels and things. Okay, but I did have to defend myself to one of my friends who was like, why do you read those at 30? And I was like, I know, I've definitely aged out of them and I cannot relate. And I, <laughs> It's like, honestly, like, not for me anymore, but I do maybe want to write one one day. So I do like to occasionally read yeah. them just to, like, brush up on it. So this is my argument for it. So for everybody who's like, why the fuck are you stuck at, like, 16? <laughs> this is why I have reasons. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, so I was slightly too old for the Jonas Brothers. But weirdly enough, I was kind of, like, I watched everything that they were in. But I don't have a favorite. And you're like, yeah, I do definitely have a favorite. I do like Kevin. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> weird we got like the weirdest fringes of it yeah we did yeah people were insane about them and it's weird to think about as like a proto um one direction situation (laughs) i don't know they were just another boy band i always think of them as like like post boy band era yeah, it's like wild though. I think Factory Boys are like the boy yeah. bands for us. Which I did watch there, uh, which I think is what got me back to it. But when that doc- that documentary they put out when they first got back together, mm-hmm. um, and I watched it, and it was really interesting looking at their like just seeing how insane the love for them was. Like they were talking about like this show. It was like a festival. Mm-hmm. And they show just like an aerial view of like how many people came to see them. And I don't even know that they'd reached their like peak Disney fame yet. But it was just like people were insane about them. Yeah. And the same way that kind of Ireland like is weirdly insane about this. Northbrook. <laughs> so unexpected i just want to tease you and say i feel like you don't remember this but i did watch that documentary with you (laughs) oh you did i couldn't i couldn't remember if you watched it i remember you like coming in periodically and not sitting down through the whole thing oh maybe i did do that (laughs) i don't feel like you sat through the whole thing with me 
I feel like you like popped in and out (laughs) and were like, enjoy your Jonas Bros doc. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe I am the fool here. I do remember them talking about kicking Kevin out and how we had a conversation about it. (laughs) Oh, we did. We did have a conversation. Yeah. But I don't remember anything else about the documentary. So I think you're probably right. Yeah. So I think you just popped in here, which is what I would do when you would watch um, Avatar. The way you and I consumed things was always great. We either did things to get, we would do it together or we would just weave in and out of somebody else's binging and then just get like That's just true. enough of that and somebody's like summarizing to like get a gist yeah. periodic updates it was kind of fun yeah. to be like okay what's going on here okay cool i got enough <laughs> we even come back in like three yeah. to five business days <laughs> yes and yasha here's the oh the biggest change was jockin because i came in which you had watched it kind of on your own and i would just get bits and pieces and then we w- watched it together and Mm -hmm. i came in one time and jockin was on the screen and i went who's that disgusting little freak like i thought he was just the ugliest thing (laughs) and then by the end of the series i was like jockin look at him go like (laughs) i mean to be fair the duality of disgusting little freak is that he is both that and like a delightful little man (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do remember watching inuyasha i think you saw the beginning of it and then i like binged it one after one weekend or something i i literally remember talking to my dad and i was like i cannot stop watching the show i don't know why (laughs) um and then you came in in the finale and i was like grinning so hard because i was like it's such a good finale (laughs) (laughs) And then I watched it and I was like, I get it. <laughs> and then you watched it and you got it. I'm glad you watched it with me. Yeah. We have the same cultural context for it. That was a fun yes. binge for both of us. It was. You did feel things a little hard. Like, you cried when Kikio died, didn't you? Oh, I cry every time Kikio dies. I watched it alone and I cried and then I was watching it with you in the room and I don't like to cry in front of people and I was like in the corner of the couch like, don't look at me. (laughs) And you you were like, wow, that is pretty sad. Like almost completely unaffected. And I'm like, yeah, totally. (laughs) Wiping away tears. (laughs) It's fucking sad, okay? Man, I love Kiki. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's gotta. Yeah, there's like me and three other people out there. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm gonna start shit when you come for Thanksgiving because Aaron, uh, Karen's roommate, cannot stand Kikio. Yeah. And I, it's okay. I have a whole like itemized list to defend her because I have to do this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get listener emails that are like, um, excuse you. What I have already Kikyo? talked to people in the emails about why I like Kikyo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, people hate her. <laughs> Maybe that's your most unpopular opinion. That was something we were discussing before we started recording. Uh, was uh, what is each other's most unpopular opinion. And I was like, I'm trying to think of one that I have. 
And that might actually be it, is that you like <laughs> That's Kikyo. Fair. Um, but yeah, sorry, this has been Updates Corner. We will eventually get, we talked like an hour before this podcast, and now we're like 30 minutes in, and we're just now getting into this. We just oh, have I looked a lot at the to time, say. and I was like, oh God. <laughs> Which, to be fair, we did not, we did not pod last week. Mm, I don't think, or was it the week before? I don't know. We missed a pod somewhere, so things get backed up, uh, as they do. <laughs> But that's yes. okay, because we're here now. But it is good, uh, because I don't have anything to talk about with these chapters, so. Really? I've got a few things. So, all right. Then I'm let's glad. dive in, shall we? Let's do okay. it. So, let us begin with chapter 139. Wow, I can't speak. Chapter 139, Down in the Mud. So, wow, I literally typed, we with Hawks, Water Tribe Kids. <laughs> we with them. Sorry, we <laughs> begin with Hawks, Water Tribe Kids. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stop to let it roast you Yeah, we quick. sure are. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, our guest, uh... Or not our guest, just like our lovely editor. Please Excuse edit that out. <laughs> our guest on the podcast I helped create. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> no, I meant Alex is the name of our editor, right? <laughs> Holy shit. Uh-oh. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> Hello, I'm a narcissist. No, I'm not uh, stupid. Yeah, you're okay. stupid. <laughs> I hope that comes okay. out okay. I haven't okay. mentioned this yet, but I did find at the local uh, um, Asian store uh plum wine and I had never had it before and I was like that's interesting because I do like plums and I love wine so let's go for it and I've drank a lot of it because we've been talking for a long time at this point <laughs> so oh, you can safely ignore basically anything that I misunderstand because I'm just a little bit tipsy okay should be interesting okay back into it but <laughs> Uh, yeah, should be interesting uh, us doing this with you nice and wind up. It's been a while, I feel like, since you've been. I know it's been so long since I've been drunk for recording and I was like, I don't have to handle the, the like review of everything. And also, I just really wanted to try plum wine, which, by the way, it is good. It's it's pretty sweet. Or it's not really that plummy. It just kind of tastes like white wine. But like, you know, that's nice. OK. Good to know. Well, Finally, like a solid half hour in, well, depending, <laughs> depending on what the cut's going to be from our lovely uh, editor that is not this co-host, Alex. Uh, no. Alex, the editor. Uh, we will now get into chapter 139, Down in the Mud. So we begin with Hawk's Water Tribe Kids, absolutely thrilled to have him back. Uh, he's caught in a group hug while 
Tayu tries to play the cool, apathetic teenager. Uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate here that we get a return of the joke about um, Hawk's grave. Uh, yeah, me too. Us, like, yeah, it's like we did get rid of that, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I also love that. Also, okay, so Tayu trying to be an affected teenager, like. I like that you said that because it didn't occur to me that he was, like, trying to be a sullen teenager. My reading on this is that he's trying really hard to be Hawk. And he's, like, failing at it because everybody's like, what are you doing over there? (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that it could also be attributed to him being, well, not 15. I thought he was 15 for some reason. He's, like, 18, 17. What did we decide last time? I looked it up and I've already forgotten it, but he's much older than I thought he was. <laughs> Younger than but Hawk. yeah, I was going through this and I was like, oh, he's trying to be Hawk. Oh. Uh, but no, he is a teenage boy. So maybe he was just like, I'm too cool for this. And everybody's like, no, the fuck you're not. Yeah. Well, anyway, it doesn't work. Hang Day immediately blows up his spot by revealing that Tayu cried over Hawk during the <laughs> fort battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully for Tayu, the spotlight quickly goes back to Hawk. Uh, they ask where Yona is, and while he tries, Hawk, that is, tries to be casually vague, Bold lets it slip that Hawk and Yona may have gotten a little romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hilarious to see Bold's confusion when Hawk reveals that he and Yona aren't lovers. Because Hawk is just like, bitch, me too. The fuck? (laughs) (laughs) True. I love that they're both like, I want someone to explain this to me because nothing is adding up. (laughs) Uh, Hawk then tries to wrestle his brothers uh, into dropping the subject. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this this is where we get the line. (laughs) He says, shut up. It's not like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which made me laugh so hard he's like that's like the most teenage boy that he's been in probably forever yeah it's fantastic uh this scene also diffuses some of the tension with the soldiers from i put say i was incorrect i meant shing uh <laughs> who then notice hawk famous uh how did i write this oh i just i could not write today i said that they noticed that hawk is the famous five-star general among them no vold is the famous five i'm not the one who even okay. drank there's no Are excuse you okay <laughs> <laughs> there's two in like three minutes there's literally no reason for me to do like this uh, See, it's hard sometimes you'd be like i think you should put down the line when i had to host <laughs> cheers <laughs> which to be fair it is wild though to be like blitzed and trying to recap something yeah, a little bit I mean I, <laughs> to be fair I was never that drunk I would just get tipsy like it's hard to get really drunk on wine but yeah whatever drunk, drunk Alex is ultimately very fun but anyway, hopefully this is the end of my whatever the fuck 
but anyway, this scene with Hawk squabbling with his brothers diffuses some of the tension with Shing's soldiers who then notice that Vold, famous general of the five stars, is among them. Vold reveals his purpose uh, as far as being with the supposed enemy. He's working with a Koka princess to bring about peace. And when the soldiers worry that they can't trust the king, that is Suan, Hawk surprises them all by agreeing. Uh, so here we get another peek into Hawk's complicated stance on Suwon. It's that classic thing where you hate to say anything nice about somebody you despise, but like if you're a reasonable person, you're going to give ground. So Hawk here is like, you know, look, you can't trust him, but you know, he's reasonable. He's not going to like attack you for no reason. And Teyu mercifully keeps it in his head. I don't know that Hawk would respond well if he said it out loud. Um, that, you know, this speech basically means that Hawk does trust Suwon, at least on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's a fun scene, I think, because he finally does get to voice. Like, he's had to be so nice about Suwon for the past, like, three or four chapters to be like, yeah, I don't have anything against him. Like, my sole priority is for the dragons. And now he finally gets to be like, yeah, that guy's a snake. Do not fucking trust him. But also, and then reveals what we all know he thinks, which is that he is probably doing good things and he's not an insane person but also like given the chance hawk would probably kill him yeah (laughs) although would he at this point it's unclear uh so anyway the soldiers are once more entreated to stand down while the war is in limbo uh with hawk hilariously giving another reason to do so which is just him going like hey we're the water tribe they're full of idiots <laughs> Hawk is my perfect boy. <laughs> the best. I think isn't it a hang day in the back who's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> hang day, like really, he's the star of this chapter, to be he's honest. Fantastic. He's I so good. Him. Um back at Hiryu Palace, Suwan is discussing the current situation with the bitch known as Kishuk <laughs> and Judo. <laughs> I love that you will not remove your foot from Kishuk's neck. Just like every not. week, you were like, and "He's a little." It's just going bitch. to get worse by the end of these chapters because it's it's time it's time for Yona to start putting her foot on his neck as well, and I love it. Uh, but I get ahead of myself. Um, so anyway, Suwan has decided not to deploy the Sky Tribe troops to Shing when the Fire Tribe seems to need their help. Uh, see, proving, you know, uh, Hawk and Co. right that, you know, he is a reasonable man. Uh, I do like that Suwan does seem to know there's some form of bullshit going on, <laughs> but he can't figure out what, so he's just gonna proceed as if there isn't some bullshit going on. Which is exactly what my problem has been with Suwon so far, which is that he's always one step ahead and he knows everything that's going on, but also does fit in really well with the fact that Yona and Hawk are his blind spots and Yona's the one behind what's going on. So he can't quite read it because it's Yona, but also like finally 
something trips him up and he doesn't have like the upper hand and he's not one yeah. step ahead. He is like caught unawares. Yeah. Which is nice. This is all I've wanted. Yes. And it's also because Iona's reaching like peak awesomeness again. I feel like- <laughs> I'm not going to debate you on this. I think she's fantastic. <laughs> um so Suwan also admits that they can't afford to deal with Shing later. He still wants to do something about them. So now we move over to Yona and her people. Uh, Minsu takes his leave and Algira asks for, you know, what their next move is. And Yona is pleased to have diverted the Sky Tribe troops and still hopes to reason with Suwan and Princess Corinne. However, she realizes they're not yet out of the woods. Thinking like Suwan, she deduces that the Water Tribe army will still be on its way. And oh, she says, I think this is where she says it, but she goes, if I were Suwan, what would I do? Which just like got me. She's yes. such a good person. Like Suwan at this point, <clears throat> and I don't want to get into it too much because we'll get into it next week. But he like refuses to see things from her point of view and refuses to see that she like might have a point. She doesn't have that hang up. She's like, even though like all of their history, she's like, all right, I can admit that he is a good leader. So what would he do in this situation? Yeah. <sighs> she's just such a good person. And it's also a really satis- satisfying moment for me because we've seen how Hawk knows how Suan's brain works and mm-hmm. apply that knowledge for their benefit multiple times. And it's rare to get that from Yona. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also knows Suwon. Uh, so I love her seeing her be like, okay, what's he going to do? Oh, this. Not just from a standpoint of, like you said, uh, being a nice person who does want to consider all points of view, but just like having grown up with him and known him the same way Hawk has uh, to kind of know enough to get into his brain enough as like a tactical that's a good point. Person. I always feel like she doesn't have that knowledge and they had a very superficial relationship, but I can see it from your point of view where like, yeah, some knowledge of that must have seeped into what must she knows about in. him. Like she does know. Um, him. Yeah. And I also think I had also put in a, that I think it's also perhaps her moving more into the mindset of a tactical leader herself. That mm-hmm. that's kind of like filling in the mental the the missing piece mm-hmm. um for her but yeah i totally didn't think of uh from her pers- perspective or or from what you mentioned suwan being somebody who's just like mm, i'm not gonna think of what's in yona's brain <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> yeah. oh, that's good shit um <laughs> We then switch focus back to the Shing border. The Water Tribe is continuing their come party with us strategy uh, when it comes to Shing's forces with limited results. Meanwhile, Hawk is wondering why Yona isn't back yet, and we find out that Yotaka and Mizari are among the Shing soldiers, and Yotaka attacks Waldo, Vold, whatever you want to call him, when he sees him, assuming that Vold's going to fight alongside the enemy. Mm-hmm. Vold asks Yotaka to not fall prey to Corinne's hatred-fueled tunnel vision about Coca because it will mean the ruin of all Shang. 
um, the soldiers who weren't aware of their insanely disadvantaged position begin <laughs> to question Yotaka. Vold continues by saying that even their strongest, Algira, is no match for Hawk, who is but one of Koka's soldiers, and that's without taking the dragons into account. True. And, True. And yeah. Hawk is also, like, such a jock about this, too. And he's like, yes. doesn't he say something yeah. like, uh, like, he, he could put up a good fight, though? Yeah, he's like, actually, Algira would do pretty well. <laughs> I'll still that. beat his ass, but, like, he could hold his own. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck, uh, I love Hawk. <laughs> so a couple of soldiers belittle the dragons and find themselves stabbed by crazy Mazari, who remains obsessed with the dragons and takes offense at the soldiers' tough talk against them. Yeah. Not only does this appall Yotaka, who strikes and chastises Mazari, but it rouses the attention of Ayame from the Water Tribe. As a healer, she just wants to save lives, and right now that means the Shingmen bleeding out. Yeah, I love this moment. I really like early Mazari. I, yeah. I think it's so interesting to watch him just be completely, unpredictably amoral. He has, like, he's on Corinne's side to an insane degree. Like, yes. Yeah, like, like you, you cannot predict him and you can't control him because he has, like, no moral compass. And I think that's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, he still doesn't quite work for me, but I don't know why. Hmm. I normally do like really unhinged, unpredictable characters, but I don't know. Uh, but I'm glad somebody likes him. Uh, <laughs> you know, between the two of us, I don't think there's anybody necessarily that we both, like, hate, hate. Um, True. I think some of the villains were kind of indifferent too, because like, yeah, they're not really great characters. But yeah, that's true. I don't hate anybody. Um. So after this, we get a good look at what this event has done to sway the opinion of Shing's army. They are now feeling friendlier toward Koka for stepping in to help the soldiers who are pulling through. Uh, they are losing faith in the goodness of their generals, and they are questioning Corinne's leadership. All very good things. Yes. Um, so at Corinne's palace, Corinne and Niguro are condemning Mazari's actions, ready to punish him. However, Mazari can't figure out what he did wrong, and in a full monologue of crazy, <laughs> he figures that he could hasten the deaths of the weak soldiers who would die in the war anyway. Uh, everyone's going to die in good riddance because they can't protect Corinne. That's what you said. You know, he's to, on her side to an insane degree. Uh, Mazari hopes instead that the actual strong warriors, the dragons, will join their side, and if not, he will gain their powers by consuming their flesh and blood because all that matters is that Corinne come out smiling. Oh, so creepy. It's oh, so what? good. So creepy. Uh, and this is where we leave off on Corinne's speechless, horrified reaction. Um, it's a real come to hear you moment for her. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I feel like we had <laughs> such a good point, and I don't remember it. But like a few weeks ago, we were talking about the dangers of um, 
blind obedience and like following somebody no matter what happens. I don't remember what our point was, but <clears throat> when I made it, I was thinking of this scene specifically where Corinne was like, what have I done? Like I've, I've enlisted a monster here and I am responsible for what he's done to these poor soldiers. Yeah. And I think also to hear him say, cause I don't know, you know, Tao's been of the opinion this whole time that you're going to lead our people to ruin. And mm-hmm. even though Corinne does know they're disadvantaged and, I, I think she did, at least on some level, honestly believe that they could pull through. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be faced also with Mazari, not, not in, in addition to being absolutely insane <laughs> and creepy, voicing that opinion of it's like mm, we're all gonna die anyway. Like the mm. idea that he could. I didn't read that. I thought he was saying the weak are going to die, so there's no point in throwing them out there anyway because like. Who cares? Uh, but you're not going to die. Yeah, well, I think he said also, like, I think he points out that it's, like, everybody. Oh. Uh, well, that's an interesting take on it. Yeah. If he were on the battlefield, he'd die instantly anyway. What difference does it make if he dies now? No matter how many we send, they'll be cut down. We, uh, they won't even manage to scratch someone from Coca. Interesting. Or shield you from harm before dying. That's what this war will be like, won't it? Is what he says. So he does fully believe, like, they're all going to (laughs) die. Yeah, like, we're definitely (laughs) at a disadvantage. Yeah, good point. I wonder if it's also, like, Corinne is finally faced with um, the knowledge that she is creating an environment that is just as violent as what was from her childhood that traumatized her so much. And she's so afraid of, like, Coca because they're clearly just a violent people that are going to kill everybody and now she's like oh shit i have created the same thing yes i'm literally leading them all to their death yeah. uh yeah Ooh. Well, that's hard to watch. well okay. corinne has some things to think about she sure does um and with that we move on to chapter 140 an encounter mm-hmm. Uh, so guess what? Our girl Lily is back. Yes, yeah, she uh, is. She's still in town sulking to Ayura and Tetra because Suwan won't let her use the library or go back to OG's. Such a weird thing that she's not allowed to use the library. Because one, I forgot the scene existed, slightly goes against the fan fiction that I have written involving her. <laughs> but also because like, why has he banned her from the library? What's in there that could like cause trouble? It's a good question. Maybe it's because he had to use the library and he was like, you're so fucking annoying. I need like space from you. <laughs> space from you. <laughs> uh, but OG, I get banning her from. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Lily has also been informed that troops meant for Shing have been diverted to the fire tribe since Say might be attacking. Uh, to her shock, she finds out that, like Yona predicted, water tribe soldiers are being sent to Shing instead. Mm-hmm. Um, we then go to a brief check-in with Team Suwan, who remain badly delayed. 
and then we check back in with the dragons. Wait, okay. So I'm have... still thinking about Lillian Suwan because this has been bugging me since I read it. Because I was like, why is she following the rules? Because she like never follows rules, right? But I guess it's the inverse of like how Suwan is with her, where he's like more open with her than anyone else. Usually, she is willing to like follow his rules when she actively like rebels against her father and like refuses to listen to anybody. But she'll listen to Suwan, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go on. I'm just like, it doesn't make sense because she should be rebellious. But no, she's not because she trusts him. Okay. That's all I want to say. Valid. I will take anything that supports the Lily <laughs> No, I'm like really trying to make it work because I am like a full supporter of them. <laughs> um. So yeah, we, we see that Suwan is still badly delayed, and then we check back in with the dragons. Jiha is prickly that Ao and Sheena are both trying to feed him acorns. <laughs> it's, you know, classic fun squabbling. Jiha just knows those acorns were in Ao's mouth first. <laughs> Such a good joke. Yes. Uh, but the fun is cut short when they acknowledge that Mizari hasn't been back today with food. And with perfect timing, uh, Niguro arrives to throw Mizari in a cell to cool his head. And then Mizari continues his ravings about cannibalizing the dragons for their power, specifically Zeno's. Mm -hmm. And then Zeno explains Interesting that, that he really wants Zeno's power <clears throat> of immortality. Yeah, of all of them. That's the one that he's like super fixated yeah. on. Um. So Zeno explains that his plan won't work. He's had soldiers drenched in his blood and been mauled by animals. Uh, again, Zeno's never not horrifying. He's always just really casual about the shit that has occurred yeah. in his life. My notes for this section, by the way, are just Zeno in all capital letters with like seven O's. I'm just like, Zeno! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. horrifying. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been mauled by animals. None of them have ever become immortal. And we are again reminded of his tragic past, the love he wished to make immortal who died anyway. The skeleton hand returns and it kills me oh, yet again. Hand returns. Uh, but Zeno figures it's for the best uh, that no one else has turned immortal. He believes that no one should really have power like theirs. Mm -hmm. And Jiha considers this, thinking of a dream he's had as of late, where he's lost his power and is unable to go after Yona, who he hears crying for help. Yeah, that's a pretty dark dream. But I guess it would make sense to be like, this is my one purpose in life. Even though he doesn't want it to be his purpose, it is like baked into yeah. his DNA, basically that he wants to protect. Yeah, and I think at this point he's fully for it, just because it's Yona. And also that, yeah. So to have that get taken away and not be able to protect the people that he has grown to love and want to protect um, would be pretty tough to swallow. Like, I have reoccurring, like, anxious nightmares. We were talking about this before the podcast, but I had a dream last night that, like, my entire family just didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> like, I was not welcome at a family gathering. Like, that doesn't make any sense because they're family. Like, why would that ever happen? <laughs> but I still had the anxious dream anyway. So, of course, like, it makes yeah. sense that 
someone whose purpose in life is to be able to protect somebody and the way that they do that is through this power that they've been given of course their anxious dream would be for that power to be taken away and them being um incapable of protecting but still this being needed yeah yeah but also i have spoilery thoughts about it so i'm excited to revisit this in probably another year <laughs> yeah i think i know where you're head is at because i was kind of thinking the same thing of what this could potentially mean in the future Mm -hmm. um so where were we ah so back at the border the situation hasn't changed since we last checked in uh vold wonders if hawk will go after yona but he says he'll stay put since they might miss each other if he leaves which by the way i love that he's smart like that Mm -hmm. because that's the sort of plot bullshit i've seen in other stories so kudos to kusanagi for avoiding that manufactured drama dude totally kusanagi is so good at avoiding things that would crop up in other manga that you're like oh my god i see where this is going and then she pleasantly surprises you by being like no they make sense (laughs) like they have sensible reactions to situations yeah yeah he's gonna be like no we're gonna miss each other (laughs) (laughs) as soon as i leave yeah uh, uh, before you go also- into anything else, though, I do want to say during this scene, all I could think of was how much I want his like traveling cape. I know I've said this like periodically throughout the podcast, but fuck, I really want a traveling cape. They always look so cool. I'm trying to scroll and find it. Oh, it does look pretty nice. I really like Suwan's armor for some reason. Mm-hmm. It looks really good in that armor. He looks great in that armor. I think that's his best look, to be honest. Yeah. He should just always be in armor. <laughs> um, but this is not Suwon Thirst Hour. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Hawk also vows to go after the dragons alone if he has to. Bold apologizes for the pro-war sect of the Five Stars. And Hawk deduces that Bold still considers them comrades. This leads to Vold lamenting the situation. Similar to Hakyona with Suwon, he regrets fate putting him at odds with people he would otherwise work very well with. Mm-mm. I did not make that connection, but I like it. Thanks. <laughs> so Vold envies the Water Tribe for their close-knit family dynamic, which is also why we love the Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vold hopes to be a part of a similarly peaceful existence someday. Noble goal, bud. I hope you get it. Yeah. Elsewhere, Yona has made it to the Water Tribe army before she can really figure out how to find uh, Suwon. Their wagon is overturned by Koka soldiers who have spotted them and deemed them suspicious. So Algira shifts to badass mode with a casual Yona kitty a moment, please, which I love. Uh, and starts taking out their attackers, but they're interrupted by the bitch known as Keisha. Yeah! Okay, I gotta <laughs> say, when he sees her, I burst out laughing. Because <laughs> his face is very much like, fuck, not you! <laughs> she's the last person he wants to see. It took me so long to remember that he does not know that she's alive. Yes, I mentioned that in my notes. I'm sorry, like... I'm getting ahead of myself. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Kishuk is, and I'm sorry because I've used this joke before, shook. <laughs> because. <laughs> it's okay. I'll laugh at it every time. <laughs> yeah. 
as I had forgotten when I first read this, he has been left unaware that Yona and Hawk are alive. Which is so funny. Because, like, someone definitely knows, and he never thought to admit it to, like, his closest advisor. Probably yeah. because he Literally, knows that Kishik everybody... is insane, and he's going to want to kill them. He's like, I need to keep this on a demo. <laughs> yeah, I love him being like, he's going to make it into a thing. <laughs> have the energy for it to be a thing right now. <laughs> it's gonna be a I'm thing. Oh my god. Them. That's the best yeah. way to describe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Trying to colonize. And it's even funnier when you realize that literally everybody but Kishi knows. <laughs> Judo knows. Uh, I think Ginte knows. Yeah, he does. Uh, Definitely 100%. Yeah. It's an open secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Entire inner circle. Except for his advisor, the person who is supposed to know everything. That's what he gets for being a little bitch. That's what he fucking gets. (laughs) Uh, And then Kishuk, in his usual bitchness, uh, tries to blow them off with an I don't know her, (laughs) essentially. Uh, and Yona calls him the fuck mm-hmm. out, saying he can't fail to recognize her, and demands to be taken to Suwon to speak on to speak. Wow, to speak on Shing's behalf. K, I just K. Keisha Are you tries okay? To be, I just, I think I just biffed it. <laughs> it I didn't give myself enough time, so I didn't proofread. Uh, and I trusted myself. Because some people, like, I'll just put, uh, for Tejun, I'll just put TJ. Uh, okay. And my brain knows to just say Tejun. Mm-hmm. But apparently not with K. Because I guess it's because you can just say K as in okay. Mm. Whatever. Let's not analyze the way my brain works. <laughs> it's a nightmare. But anyway. I love your nightmare oh. brain. Thank you. Oh, solid mm-hmm. <laughs> Extra points to any listener who gets it. Um, Keyshook tries to be shady again, did not learn his lesson in this first little bit, and orders the soldiers, stunned that Princess Yona might be before them, to kill her. Because surely she's not Yona, and they must be Shing spies. Okay, I'm not going to lie. This actually makes a lot of sense. And I love this scene because he's like, obviously he knows it's Yona and he knows the implications of her being alive are not good for anybody. (laughs) So he's like, all right, we got to kill her. And then his reasoning also makes perfect sense. So I think that like, this is just so well written because like none of this is like, oh, it's out of left field. Like nobody's going to believe him. Like, yeah, this all makes perfect sense. I know that I've just repeated myself, but like, I'm so excited about it because like, it's, it's good like i find no fault in this yeah uh but our our girl yona ever badass is no fool she calls his shit out again Mm -hmm. he says refusing to hear an envoy of shing on the eve of war you'd simply kill me without just cause is this how you wanted to use the status you gained by killing my father oh shit get his ass Ah, perfect. (laughs) I love, basically from this moment on, I love that Yona is basically like, you thought I was an inconvenience before. I'm really going to make myself your problem now. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I've been lying low for your benefit. (laughs) 
<laughs> now we see what happens when you get in my way. Yeah. Uh, and Keisha can hardly believe this is the girl he knew. Mm -hmm. But before he has the chance to fix the situation that's quickly getting out of his control, Suwan arrives and we end on him stunned, looking upon a determined young. Oh, fuck yeah. I don't care how many times it happens. It's always so exciting when they like run into each other in the wild and they're not expecting it. Uh, it just, it's, ah, uh, it gets me every time. Like it gives me chills. Yes. And also just like, well, first of all, I'll say that these chapters were really a study on swaying public opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, again, the the importance or the value in playing and con playing on and just like considering people's emotions because, you know, Vold is able to do it when he's talking to the Shing soldiers about it's like, hey, we're in a disadvantaged situation. We're all going to die. <laughs> um, that sort of thing. Or and Ayame stepping in to help the, the soldiers when the generals won't, mm -hmm. uh, how that sways public opinion. And they're kind of thinking, like, you know what? Those Coca guys aren't so bad. Our leadership is shit. <laughs> uh, or here, Yona in front of witnesses uh, calling on things that would probably hit them in their honor. You know, it's like, you know, her being an envoy of Shing. Mm -hmm. And things like that and like this is the proper way to do things uh just having that power i love that for mm -hmm. her and again it's not something that suwan has sees value in yet and again going into his blind spots i love this because he basically refused her already without ever expecting that he expected her to just take that no mm -hmm. essentially and be done with it so the idea that he can come out and be like, oh, she's actually not done. Like. True. Yeah. You should have thought, but you didn't. Yeah, that's true. He was. He's yeah. He's been wrong twice now. He like didn't expect the, uh, the false flare from the fire tribe, which diverted half of their troops. And he also didn't expect her to keep fighting after he told her no. Yeah, he's probably still because yeah. again we're we've talked about how he's kind of stuck in his old vision of Yona, mm -hmm. who was kind of soft, well, very soft, honestly. Um, Especially for him. Uh, yeah. Yes, would have probably caved yeah, definitely. And now her being like, "No, you are going to speak to me," <laughs> which honestly, like, fuck yeah, girl fuck him up um that goes along really well with uh something that i wrote early in my notes that i totally forgot about until i was like looking them over um so with the beginning part of him like telling lily not to go into the library and not to visit og it it sort of marks this like shift because i was trying to like i was trying to make it make sense from Lily's standpoint, but it also doesn't really make sense from Suwan's standpoint, who is usually pretty, like, chill, and he is, like, willing to give Lily more leeway than most. Um, so I think this starts to mark a shift in his character, where he gets a little more staunchly, like, unable to see anybody else's point of view and unable to let people in. And he's very much like, I'm, I have this plan and I'm going to do this plan and I need everybody to stand out of the way while I do this plan that I have. 
I think this might be the start of it. I mean, like, he's always been sort of that way, but he's been a little more lenient. But he definitely hasn't been this entire arc. He's been very, like, rigid in an in a way that I don't think that he has been before. I don't know. You can tell me that I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reaching for this, but. It'll be interesting to look at and track. Yeah. I'll be on the lookout. But that is where we end. Um, do you have any other final thoughts before we get into. No. The fun shit. <laughs> the fun um, shit. Yes. We are going back to form. And doing a quiz, because we haven't done one in a while. Yes, which I'm really excited about. Okay, so we have options. Ones that we haven't done before. We've done two so far of the seven that I have lined up. (laughs) Sorry, that took me a really long time. I'm a little bit buzzed. All right, so our options are, which shoujo lead are you? Uh, I will assign you a shoujo anime to watch. Which shoujo male would date you, which is different than shoujo boyfriend for some reason. I don't know why. Um, Shoujo anime assignment, another one. And yet another shoujo boyfriend one. So do you want to find one where you'll date someone or which one should you watch as next? Oh, or which lead are you? Let's do lead. Let's do lead. Let's do it. Oh, it's specifically Shoujo Jose Isekai lead. So I'm probably going to like no one because I think I only know Kogome. (laughs) But let's see. Okay. Would you like to lead the questions? Or should I read them? Oh, I have sent it to you. I checked, by the way. Okay. One moment. Hi. I'm working off two computers because audio was a nightmare at the beginning of this podcast. So I am just sending myself the link on Facebook so I can uh, switch to the other computer. That way I can see your lovely face as I do answers. But I'll go ahead and read as well what's happening. It weirdly... Opened a link to like it's a all I got was Stranger Things Jim Hopper. And I was like, why would I? Okay. Why would I need this? Do you want me to send this to you on Facebook? I can. Okay. No, I got it. I just wrote in our chat. Why is there a picture of a stuffed monkey for this quiz? We don't know. Maybe we fall find out. Okay, quiz starting. Are we I'm ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Question. One of nine. Pick a random thought. I really wish things would be easier. I'm going to attack <laughs> someone. Is anything even real right now? And if someone says something mean to me right now, I'm going to start crying. Uh, honestly, all of these are valid. Well, maybe not so much I'm going to attack someone because I don't feel attackish. <laughs> I was just thinking these are all so valid right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with is anything even real right now? Nice. I am going with I really wish things would be easier. Yeah, oh, it's okay. <laughs> I want that. 
pick a core aesthetic. Love core. Okay, can I just say real quick, we've gone too far with the core mm-hmm. stuff. Like cottage core was fine, like whatever, academia core, whatever, <laughs> but now y'all are just academia core, yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. laughing, but that could be a real thing. <laughs> I just haven't heard of it. <laughs> Which reminds me. Oh, I, I'm going to take us back to college. Oh, Your freshman year roommate, mm-hmm. Courtney. Uh, her two catchphrases were, that's hardcore, or that's intense and hardcore. And oh, yeah. our other best friend's boyfriend at the time absolutely hated her and (laughs) just for a multitude of reasons uh but i remember one time he was like mocking her she wasn't in the room uh but he was mocking her and he was just like that's in cool there that's hardcore that's intense intense core (laughs) for some reason that lodged itself into my brain there's probably an intense course Where you just feel everything really intensely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole aesthetic, but whatever. I she was interesting. So anyway. I was thinking about her uh, a few weeks ago because I was... Every time I find bagels, I think of her because I want to say she, like, she would eat bagels in the morning, but occasionally she would just eat a straight pickle. And it really confused me because I was, like, not awake when she would do this. So I was like, try, my brain was trying to figure out if it was pickle or bagel at the time. I don't know. It was a really weird situation. <laughs> Courtney was interesting, though. She also had a boyfriend who we're pretty sure actually never went to our college, except that he claimed that he yes. did. So, yeah. Weird. He was mentally unstable. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, <laughs> intense core. I did forget about that until you started telling that story. And I was like, oh, yeah, Jason did have that thing, didn't he? <laughs> intense core, yes. But anyway, our core aesthetics <laughs> for this quiz are love core, moon core, sugar core, web core, cryptid core, scene core. I don't want to pick any of these. What the fuck? Or study blur, study core, or whatever you Yeah, call I'm going to not pick, because I don't know what any of these are. I'm too millennial to understand these. I'm, like, actively and frantically <laughs> them, just to get, just to get a, a feel. Honestly, moon core seems kind of Does valid. it? All right, I guess I'm uh, Googling now. But the rest, not so much. But I also like I don't want to pick any of these. What the fuck? But I'll go with Mooncore. Ah, core. Is it just like being interested in the moon? What is Mooncore? I guess. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's very like Salem Moon. Like night- yeah, I was like, it's just like nice, like nighttime sky type okay. aesthetics. I'm here. Okay, for whatever. It. I'm still sticking with I don't pick I any, don't... but like I support your pick. <laughs> Thank you. So, question three pick an adjective desperate, sharp, sour. Also, the name of a great <laughs> album. Uh, soft, analytical, childish. I'm going to go with soft. Oh, me too. Yay. Okay. Obligatory lyric question. Sorry. 
don't sing soft. It's what they want. They will turn your stomach into shards, which is one by one by Cake Bake Betty. And then if you treat me like a son, then I'll treat you like a daughter, which is um, Coffin Dance by AJJ. I rule the world, so get down on your knees. Better do as I please until I tell you to stop. Some fierce okay. dom energy there. Um, when I rule the world by Liz. I got this feeling that you're going to stay. I never knew that it could happen this way. Two of Hearts by Stacy Q. And and I am the fire and I am the forest and I am a witness watching it. And then, of course, I'm not reading these. No, thanks. <laughs> I love that they just didn't credit Mitski. I guess they figured everybody already knows who that is. <laughs> uh-huh. That's the I'm the fire and I'm the forest. Yeah. And I've seen that in you quizzes yeah. before. I don't know. I don't know any of these. And I don't think any of them fit. But I guess maybe the fire one? Yeah, I'm going with that one, too. I guess. I mean, I am the the downfall of my own life, and I'm also watching it happen. Well, I don't think of them in terms of necessarily, even though I probably should, as which one describes me. I just, like, which is the lyric. Oh. I always do which one I can relate to the more, the most, but... Yeah, there are some that I definitely like more than the ones that I end up picking. Not in this list. <laughs> Sorry, not in this list, though. Okay, we're going to go with the forest one. Okay. On a lighter note, pick a thing I saw on my Twitter timeline. Motherfuckers be like, how's it going? I'm dead inside, but it's a vibe. Nonetheless, love. XX. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people do unto me what I would do unto others. <laughs> Shit, fair. Are you mad? Are you angry? Are you seething right now? Do you want to beat me up? Oh would my god. If that's not Suwon, I don't know who that describes. Oh, maybe Jiha. <laughs> I'll give that one to him too. A Hannibal fan. <laughs> Lois family guy and dead by daylight but the pick op used is that one Lois cosplayer people keep calling a mill that one uh, Lois cosplayer like we all know i've literally never seen this before and i haven't please, i never want to <laughs> i love when people treat something as universal <laughs> that you've never heard of in your life it's one of my favorite like life yeah. jokes <laughs> what I sent you a few weeks ago that still cracks me up is somebody was like, I think we all hated the Digimon movie. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I've never seen a minute of Digimon in my life. Oh, so good. Uh, and the last one is gay people are always like, bye, where are you going? To can a cartoon character with the same trauma as you? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Which one? I gotta go dead inside. Because, I don't know. I'm dead inside at the moment. But a couple of these fit pretty well. (laughs) I did laugh at I hate when people do want to be what I would do on two others. But I think I'm going to go with gay people are always Yeah, yeah. You're not very mean to people, so I don't... Yeah. 
But it did make me laugh. Too. Yeah, no, it did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question six. You find yourself isekai to some random world. Which are you? The hero, the villain, the love interest, the random side character that gets killed off. Oh, see, I want to be the love interest, I'm, but I'm definitely the random side character that gets killed off. I'm also the random <laughs> side character. I would love to be... I would want to be the hero, honestly, but I am not brave at all, and I'm too nice to be the villain. Hmm. And I'm not cool enough. That's to fair be enough. But what if, what if, because a lot of isekais are like sad sack losers getting put into another world where they do get to be the hero. So I'm not saying that you're a sad sack loser, but you say that you're not a hero. But what if that's your character arc where you get to become brave and uh, be the hero? I think you should pick that one if that's what you want to be. It is what I want to be. I'll go ahead and do it. I am trying to move into a new era in my life. Move into it. Be a new era. I love this for you. All right. We'll do it. All right. Pick a video game genre. Strategy of any form. Atome. Explain to me what Atome is. It's a love simulation where you get to meet a bunch of people and you get to like Uh, meet certain people. Gotcha. Uh, horror simulation, first-person shooter, action and adventure. Action and adventure. I don't play video games. So I'm gonna go with horror because it's my favorite movie genre. I've always wanted to get into horror games, but I know I'm chicken shit, and I will not be able to do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, just a warning: the next question is timed, so. Yeah. Oh shit! All right. All right, it was quick mm-hmm. pick a color. And I picked my color. I think I picked pink. I picked yellow, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 pink. All right. I picked uh, yellow. That's always my color. Winter. Although I do really like green. I've and been in green lately. Yeah, I've been in a pink phase. Um, enter whatever you want. So now we can just <laughs> type whatever. And I never do. So I already got my answer. I'm just picking. Hey, girl, hey. Who did you get? I can't pronounce this name. <laughs> um, it's Athanasia, A T H A N A S I A. Athanasia, maybe. De Algerobelia. Huh. Who the fuck? Okay, so my explanation is you can change very much depending on who you're in front of, and your temper is either very short or you have inhuman self control. You're a little fucked up because of stuff you've been through and you tend to hold people at a distance and make fun of them in your head until you're 100% sure you can trust them. Kind of read me there. Uh, In general, you're a good person (laughs) at heart and care about your loved ones, yet you always seem to be wary of the world or something. Oh, okay. So this person is from Who Made Me a Princess. Gotcha. So mine is... I think it's pronounced Kasha. It's that number. It's that name of the best friend in uh, Uprooted. It's spelled uh, like Kasia, but I want to say I think Kasha makes Kasha. sense. I'm not actually yeah. Positive. yeah, Kasha del Roman. Um, 
You may be someone who changes very quickly based on the situation. In general, you're someone who prefers to keep few people around you that you know are trustworthy and aren't the most sociable person in the world unless the situation calls for mm. it. A little bit. I'm, I'm an INFP, which means that we are the most social of introverts, which means we like people, we love people, but it takes a lot yeah. out of us. The only part that I would disagree with that on is that um, you you only keep a few people around. Yeah, no, I trust fucking everybody, man. Um, to my detriment, but yeah. Uh, let's see what else. While you are not afraid to defend yourself, you also don't see much of a point in honor and pride and stuff like that, and are willing to do whatever is needed to get a job done. Also, probably really like eating. I do, <laughs> do really love, love eating, eating like but you do say. have morals. <laughs> like you're not gonna just do whatever to get the job done. <laughs> Disagree. Yeah what happens when you just pick a lyric <laughs> yeah it's the oh, lyric question just one. threw it off otherwise they would know your soul <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad quiz because i don't and think any of us know we're... any of the answers like i was looking through the list of possible answers yeah. i don't know anybody <laughs> yeah. let's see my person is from crimson huh. karma i don't know what that one is yeah, neither do i I just need a quick let's see a soldier crafted to become an assassin she lost her human emotions long ago and lived her life as a simple tool just to be thrown away mm, okay uh, in her final moment she couldn't even die a proper death as she opened her eyes to a battlefield of a different world will she live the same life she did in her you know what this kind of reminds me of and I don't read a lot of these because I don't really like the trope um, but I started reading my seventh loop or something like that. It's, it's something seventh loop. Um, and it does have an interesting one where like she has lived six times before. And at one point she was born as a, she became a knight and she was killed on the battlefield. And then in her seventh loop, she runs into the man that killed her on the battlefield. And he decides that he's going to marry her because he wants an advantageous marriage between like her country and his. And so she's like, okay, you killed me at one point. <laughs> like, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. And he's like, you're really weird. <laughs> like what's going on with you? <laughs> Cause like, he has no idea. Um, so that's kind of promising. Like, I did really enjoy that, but I've only read, like, ten chapters. I think only ten chapters were out, as like, when I was reading it, uh, the manga version. I think it's a light novel. Anyway, doesn't matter, but, like, Seventh Loop, if that sounds kind of interesting to you, I do recommend that one. That one's pretty good. Well, that is all I have. Did you have anything else before you close? No, up? I think we, we've covered everything and more that I thought to cover this week. So cool. Wonderful. Okay. So uh, we're on social media as always. Um, I am debating whether or not to close our DMs on Twitter because spam is running absolutely wild on Twitter. I have had to like deny so many spam requests on my personal Twitter before I just like shut DMs because nobody was DMing me anyway. But then we got two in a row like yesterday. Somebody was like, hey, I like your profile picture. Check out what we're doing on Web3. And I'm like, 
fuck off. <laughs> anyway, my point is that maybe you have oh, to like no tag us on Twitter or like email us, but we're pretty easy to find. So we're the Yonopod at gmail.com and then we're the Yonopod on Twitter and the Yonopodcast on Tumblr, which I haven't touched in a while, but um sometimes I read blog things. <laughs> so go for it there uh and then our personals i have finally updated our twitter so they are in our bio on twitter but evan is witchy evan and i am instead of writing so come say hi and until next week uh just kidding i didn't i don't know where that was going uh we will see you next week (laughs) bye bye